The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus again in reply spoke to the chief priests and the elders of the people in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. He dispatched his servants to summon the invited guests to the feast, but they refused to come. A second time he sent other servants, saying, Tell those invited, Behold, I have prepared my banquet. My calves and fattened cattle are killed, and everything is ready. Come to the feast. Some ignored the invitation and went away, one to his farm, another to his business. The rest laid hold of his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged and sent his troops. They destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then the king said to his servants, The feast is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy to come. Go out, therefore, into the main roads and invite to the feast whomever you find. The servants went out into the streets. They gathered all they could find, bad and good alike, and the hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he saw a man there not dressed in a wedding garment. He said to him, My friend, how is it that you came in here without a wedding garment? But he was reduced to silence. Then the king said to his attendants, Bind his hands and feet and cast him into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Many are invited, but few are chosen. The Gospel of the Lord. So I want to talk briefly about this whole concept of purification and holiness uh, that we see in the Old Testament, because I think for a lot of people it might seem a little foreign, because it is pretty foreign from our own culture and our own day. But in the ancient world, there was this understanding that when you had something that was pure and incorrupt, you needed to protect it from becoming corrupt. And this wasn't the case with just sin, but it was something that was part of the physical world. And the understanding here was that God created the, the world in a, in a perfect way, but because of the original sin of Adam and Eve, that there was a corruption that entered into the physical world, and therefore you had these dietary laws where you have certain things that are considered clean and other things are considered unclean, and you didn't want these unclean things corrupting the clean things. And you also needed to do a series of purifications and rituals to keep what is holy from being corrupted by things that were somehow corrupted. Uh, just to give you one example of this, you may wonder why some things are clean and some things are unclean. Like, for example, fish with scales are considered clean, but eels that don't have scales are considered unclean. The reason for that is that fish with scales are what fish should be, and if you don't have scales on a fish, there's something wrong with that thing. And so you don't want to consider it clean because it's not like a real fish should be. And so they considered eels unclean. The idea there is that God created this perfection of creation, and as the holy people, they have an obligation to live within the perfection even while they live in a world that has signs of this corruption or imperfection around them. And so they lived within this law, and that's why they had this clean and unclean, and, and that's why they continued to purify, to keep 
the temple pure. Now Ezekiel is talking about uh, the, what, what the Messiah will bring in the future. It's not just that the Messiah will come in and keep the temple clean, but he will actually come in and, and clean us and so that we will be purified from all corruption and that our bodies as well as our souls uh, will be given a sense of holiness that comes from God himself and it's going to keep us within the way that God intends us to be created. All right, this might seem like it's a little different than what we're used to, but it does make sense when you're looking at it from the perspective of someone in the ancient world. Where this matters to us is that the Messiah literally did do this, and so this is how he, uh, how he saved us to a large degree. His death and resurrection began a new creation, and through the sacraments and the Word of God and through his death and resurrection, he brings about a new creation that enables us to live in that perfected world once again. And we, of course, have this great gift given to us. It's free. It's not cheap, but it is free. And God invites us to have a share in it. Now, whether we choose to take him up on that is up to us. And so that's why he gives us this parable uh, about this king who has this great banquet and people are invited, but they've you know, got other priorities in their, in their world and in their lives, and they don't take advantage of that great gift that the king is offering. So I think the same thing can be said for us, that we have been offered this great gift. And the question, of course, is whether we will take our Lord up on it and receive it and allow it to be something that has its intended consequences.